Welcome to the Bearded Outdoors podcast. I'm your host and co-owner of Bearded Outdoors, Reese Richards. This podcast is going to be just like you're sitting on your grandpa's tailgate. We're going to be talking about everything faith, beards, and the great outdoors. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. We really hope you enjoy and continue to do better and be better. God bless. What's up, guys? This is Reese Richards, host of the Bearded Outdoors podcast. Welcome to another episode. Um, I think we're on six or seven now. Uh, We just got back from Kentucky, and then I had to head out of town a day after I got back to Georgia um, to do some content creation. And I am here, well, not here, but we are now in our separate states uh, with Kyler Hetty again, and we are here to talk about basically a recap of uh, what happened after the first day we just produced that podcast. So, Kyler, what's up, man? Uh, not a whole lot, man. Just yeah, enjoying the, in the evening and uh, still uh, still kind of reliving the moment, man. It's uh, it, it was something. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was some crazy stuff, man. I mean, it's what seven, five days, I think, the first year, um, and the weather just wasn't quite right, and so this time around, man, we were we were talking about it for weeks, just you know, hey, this weather's perfect, everything's perfect. I mean, I I tell you, those the evenings seem to be on fire, um, and sure enough, man. When it comes down to the weather being perfect, I think we know where we need to be sitting when we have those cool weather and those temps are perfect. I think we agree that them that cornfield is where it's at, huh? Oh, absolutely, man. Them deer hit that corn up hard when it gets cold like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the only reason why we sat the uh, that logging road is because I just think it's gorgeous, and I just want to. I like sitting there my first sit because it just. It really brings you into that perspective of where you're at. Um, <clears throat> you know, this this logging road's gorgeous. It has two bean fields on both sides with a creek running through it. You're sitting up on a hill, and the leaves were falling. I mean, it sounded like it was snowing. I actually, I brought my camera in. I'm going to be looking at some of this footage and going through some of it, and I guarantee most of it is going to sound like it's snowing or raining. <laughs> oh, dude, it, it was insane how loud the leaves were falling. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was cool. So, um, we spent three nights um, camping up on top of the hill in the middle of uh, the property, um, eating nothing but Debbie cakes, venison. Did bring a little bit of bacon, and uh, no veggies. I mean, we we were when you talk about Grizzly Adams. I mean, we were we were doing it pretty well. Minus, uh, I'm not gonna lie, we had to. I'm, I'm we had to go get a heater i think for myself and we had an inverter thankfully and uh, we were able to make it a little more comfortable um but i mean when i tell you we slept in our hunting clothes woke up in our hunting clothes hunted in our hunting clothes went to sleep yeah it was wearing our hunting clothes the whole time waking up i mean we spent maybe i think at the most two and a half hours maybe three hours outside of the outside of the woods um each day but other than that we were sitting so 
Um, yeah, we had perfect temps. A little re recap. We had perfect temps. It was getting 27s at night. Um, in the evening hunts, in the evening hunts, we were sitting in about 55 to... Yeah, about 55 degrees in the evening hunts. The morning hunts, we were sitting at about 27 to 35. Um, we sat the first three sits in the logging road with the two bean fields, um, the pinch point basically, and then the last three sits, which was a evening, morning, and evening, we sat over the cornfield. So, a little bit of recap from last year. We... When we would sit this cornfield, I kept seeing these deer come across this ridge. And the reason, um, Kyler, I remember you telling me the reason why you sat that stand there is because when you sat that blind, I believe, one year, and you saw one of the biggest bucks you ever seen come down the edge of that corn. Oh, yeah. It, I, I've seen a ton of deer travel straight, straight down that tree line we were sitting on. And that's usually a, a pretty heavily traveled path for deer that comes to that field or feeding down through that field. And uh, I, I can't tell you how many deer I've had within 30 yards of me in that stand. It just, it just wasn't where they wanted to go this time. Yeah. Yeah. Last year we had, we had some deer come from across from us from shoot the left corner. I think every, every area last year we had some deer come off, but I noticed there was just, they kept the deer that weren't coming from all around us. They kept hitting this ridge. So when you have this corn, there's this cornfield to give you guys perspective. We're kind of at like the bottom end of this cornfield and the cornfield goes on a slight slant to the top of a little hill and then comes back down and it makes a ridge coming across that cornfield at the spot we were at. It's probably about, I would say, what, 85 to 100 yards? Yeah, yeah, right around, right around 100. Yeah, so... Last year, we would see deer coming across that ridge. Um, he has a blind over there. It's probably about 60 yards from that ridge. Um, so when we sat that morning, um, well, that first evening, we saw some deer come across that ridge, a really nice buck come across that ridge. Um, I think that buck's bigger than the one I shot. And uh, we saw that happen, and they came right across into this little spot. Um, that next morning was kind of a it was kind of a slow morning. We did see some deer feeding and all that stuff, and we had some turkeys turkeys come out and everything. Um, and then I was kind of thinking, you know, running through my head, this is going to be my last evening, uh, last sit. Um, I just thought, hey, I want to go to where the deer are going. Yes, is there going to be a chance that the deer are going to come down this way? Yes. So guess what? let's split up. I said, well, I'm going to, you know, we kind of thought about it. We talked about it a little bit. And, um, basically the conclusion was I have this saddle. Now I'm going to put that in perspective. Now, if I had a lock on Kyler, I think you'd agree. If I just had my lock on, I don't own any mobile sticks. I kind of would have probably just ended up sitting with you that evening if I just brought my lock on like I did the year before, huh? Oh yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, so that that two-bore saddle that I had, um, I tell you right now, that is something that um, I'm super thankful that I had. Even though I didn't have any sticks, uh, 
we attempted to grab a section of this ladder that's about 10 foot tall off of this tree. Well, that ladder had been there a long time, and it was uh, embedded, and the tree grew around it, and that was actually... Um, so, yeah, it was basically just... We were walking out, and he was like, oh, I'll go this way, and I said... I have my saddle, and I said, I guess I'll just try and find a tree and shimmy up it and figure it out. So he goes over to uh, the stand we sat, and I ended up going over where the deer were coming across that ridge and entering. It was, I'm talking, I've never seen scrapes on the ground literally with no branches over it. Like, there were literally, it looked like, it looked like someone just, like, drew circles all over the dropped leaves I mean they were everywhere and it was just that crossing point um the woods probably 35 yards of woods and then it goes into another cornfield on the other side so I walked in here there was a few good solid you know two foot by two foot scrapes one you could tell was super fresh that me and him noticed that morning when we got out and uh I just basically found a tree that I thought I could shimmy up, and yeah, that's that's basically 100% what I did. Um, what was what was your visual, man, when you walked in there after uh, after I shot that deer? What <laughs> were you pretty surprised I was up there? Uh, yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> well, obviously, you know, after everything took place, I, I got down, I started across the field, and. Uh, I, I didn't know exactly where you had set up, what tree you had set up on. Uh, I didn't know how close you were to that deer. I, I just knew that you, we had kind of scouted out, you know, a, a good tree or what we thought would be a good tree, you know, when we got out that morning. And uh, I just kind of figured, well, he'll he'll be over here about 10 foot off the ground, you know, maybe, maybe not even that high. Maybe he just got high enough to be hidden a little bit and, uh, when I stepped over and looked up in the into the wood line, I honestly was kind of shocked to see you up that high. Yeah. I was trying to figure out how you had gotten up there. Well, you you soon realized um, when you saw me come down how I got up there. So basically, there's about four foot up. There's a little uh, kickoff branch. I was able to wedge my foot up there, shoot up my saddle, uh, my tether, and really, I just kind of shimmied up the tree a little bit um i had my ring of steps i would strap them up kind of like if you would you guys that saddle hunt kind of like how you would do with a one stick um i would shimmy up hang from it take off the ring of steps put them above my head shimmy up so i got probably about i'd say about 12 to 15 feet uh probably more in the 15 range um and the funny thing is, man, it seems like all those hunts that go super well at the end always start just not how you're expecting. So I text him. He thought it was pretty funny, but uh, I pulled my camera bag around. And I opened my camera bag. I went to go grab my camera out of it, and the whole bag fell. And there happened to be a tree that fell right at the base. And, uh, I mean, that loud sound, I swear he had to hear heard it, but I don't think he did. And... It smacked that log, my camera bag, and I'm sitting there like, man. Well, thankfully, we got out there a little early, so I just kind of laughed at myself, and I ended up just shimmying down, grabbing the camera bag, getting back up there. Long story short, got everything set up, camera set up, and I'm just 
hanging there, waiting. Um, me and him started texting back and forth. He had, he started, so he basically sees one side of the ridge, and I'm sitting on the other side of the ridge. So he kind of sees some deer that I wouldn't see until they hit the top of that ridge. Um, and he, next thing you know, he's texting me a little bit um, that he sees some young bucks and some young does, uh, or some does and some young bucks kind of feeding in the field. I, I was texting him that I saw one coming down his edge, and um, I see them deer come across up top of the ridge. I start seeing their backs. Well, I noticed they were actually 60 yards further than where we saw them the evening before. So I started seeing them, and they're just slowly trickling, probably about 12 to 15 deer at this point, trickling through, entering where I wasn't expecting them to enter, coming across the thicket, and going to the other cornfield. I saw this happen for about 10 or 15 minutes, and not going to lie, I started getting some some, you know, low hopes happening a little bit, like, man, if a buck comes through here, these going to take the same path as these deer are taking. I just, I kind of assumed it unless there was a hot doe that it was chasing. There's all these scenarios during the rut that you just kind of don't know. So about 10 minutes goes by after they all pass through. They're chasing each other on the opposite side after they come through. And I mean, I'm just kind of just hoping. And about 15 minutes and I see the back of this buck pop over the ridge. And uh, he starts zigzagging. At this point, Kyler has already spotted this buck. He's already been filming it on the opposite side of the ridge for about, I think that video was, was like two minutes and 40 seconds or something. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I had seen the buck, and uh, I tried to get him on my other smaller camera, and the zoom wasn't quite good enough to get quality footage from all the way across the field. He was probably, I'd say, 170-ish yards from me. Yeah. When I first saw him, tried to zoom in, wasn't the quality I was wanting, so I kind of gave up on that, and I thought, well, I know my phone will zoom in pretty good ways across the field. I thought, well, I'll try it, and sure sure enough, uh, I pulled my phone up. It wasn't the clearest, but it was good enough it could zoom in on the buck, and I think I got maybe three minutes of footage up lead, leading up to the shot. I got the shot. Unfortunately, you could you could hear the shot like you could hear the impact. Yeah, when the arrow hit the buck from where I was sitting, but you couldn't quite make it out in the video, which which stings because that would have been an awesome. <laughs> yeah, awesome I might addition. I might be able to. Uh, I'm I don't know. I'm gonna I'm actually I'm gonna see if you can upload that to Google Drive. That the wait I actually we airdropped it, so I'm gonna actually see when I throw it up onto uh, Adobe Premiere. I'm going to see if I can maybe, uh, at that moment, um, amplify the volume and see if we can't hear it. Because even though the quality isn't that great, dude, I have never heard of a buddy 170 yards on the opposite side of a field filming a bunk nonchalantly, talking to the camera, saying, oh, man, if this buck gets you know close to Reese, if he, he seems like he's going to the right area, man. He's going to, I think he... You know, that, that would only be like a 15, 20-yard shot for him. Like, it's so awesome. He's commentating a buck that he's just filming coming across this field. As I'm seeing this buck come across the top of the ridge, and I start filming on my GoPro, and that buck starts 
zigzagging. He starts he starts walking towards as he's doing this he's grazing so he's not with a doe he's by himself. He's zigzagging. When he starts going towards where them deer were entering the woods where I'm at, then he would zigzag back towards me. Then he'd zigzag back, and finally he gets right to the edge of the thicket, and he just makes a beeline straight towards this scrape that's exactly 20 yards away. And this joker, man, I tell you, it was kind of picture perfect. He comes up, he starts rubbing his rubbing his head and rubbing his scent up on the branches above him, and... I had this feeling that it was kind of like just not knowing if those other deer would have came through right there like clockwork I would have probably waited a little bit but because I didn't know he could have checked that scrape and he could have went straight to where them other deer were so that was my first opening was at that scrape when he put his head up and I decided to pull back and let loose and man so, Kyler's on the other side of the field, filming with his phone, probably has no idea that I'm about to smoke him right on the edge, and his excitement, like, that is the, it was so great to hear the way you were just like, oh, we got him, man, he got him, like, you're, you, there's probably so much running through your head. Oh, man, it, <laughs> leading up to it, it was insane, the whole time I'm video on this deer on my phone coming across the field you can see i'm watching the buck i'm holding trying to hold my phone steady but i'm watching the buck with just my eye across the field and i look and i notice i'm like oh man he's fixing turn and going in woods oh my gosh i'm like where is he sitting because that like i said i didn't know where you were sitting i i thought man where is he sitting he's gonna get a shot and he was just like all of a sudden that buck was just walking he was like Oh yeah, I forgot. I gotta go check this scrape <laughs> and just turn and walk right to it. Well, I'm sitting here. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, the this is perfect. This is textbook. <laughs> yeah, he's walking right down through there. I'm thinking this buck's gonna check this scrape. He's gonna mosey on down just a little ways. Boom, twenty yard shot. Yeah, that's true. You didn't even know you. That is true, man. You didn't even know like how far away in that vicinity I was because. You said you couldn't see me, which I was hoping you couldn't. And there happened to be some thicket actually in between me and you. Um, so yeah, that's that's true. Like your perspective was kind of you didn't know, <laughs> but I, yeah, I assume that you probably thought that I didn't have too much clearing because of all those branches hanging over. You probably didn't expect me to have a clearing um, to shoot into that field. So um, yeah, so. Basically, shot this buck. Um, he was quartered to me a little bit. So I entered a little bit behind the shoulder. I feel I hit one lung. And what's crazy about this shot is even his, even your dad, dude, said the same thing. We have never seen an arrow enter right behind a shoulder through the whole body cavity and exit clean out the middle of the back ham. So this arrow went through. So we discovered this. There was no blood and no arrow at impact. Through, we didn't find the arrow or blood. Kyler didn't. The whole time I'm trying to get down, he's kind of looking around. and He finds the arrow and the first spot of blood after the deer clears the thicket and gets into the next cornfield. 
So our perspective was the arrow went all the way through and was hanging out of the back ham because the slice of the back ham looks like a perfect broadhead exit wound. And it was a rage, just so you guys know. Never failed me yet. Anyways, so uh, I think this arrow, I think you could agree, was hanging out of the back ham. When he went through that thicket, I think when he hit the edge, I think a branch pulled that arrow out completely, started the blood trail. My arrow was not broken. The broadhead wasn't bent up. And there was full blood from tip to tip, good blood, on that arrow. Oh, yeah. There was, there was a, after, well, actually, well, you know, I started looking for blood because I'm trying to see, I'm trying to find an arrow. I'm thinking you had a complete pass through. Yeah, and, I was uh, thinking too, man. Like the sound and the impact and everything, it just sounded good. I didn't. I th- I think because I didn't realize how much he was actually angled to me, quarter to me, that I just assumed twenty yards. I knew where my entrance wound was, so I just assumed it went through. But nope. Well, then I, I, I started across to the other field. Like I told you, I said I, I'm gonna find, try and find blood. You, I think you were on the phone with either. Uh, Amber or, or or your mom and dad. I, I don't remember exactly. There was a lot going on at the moment. I told you I was going to try and find blood real quick. So I knew there had to be blood in the next field. I mean, it, I heard the shot hit. I knew you hit the deer. I, I knew there had to be good blood. And then I got to the other side. And thank God for uh, your knock blowing mm-hmm. because I, I don't think I'd have found the arrow. Oh, that's true. But the arrow, it just laid perfectly on top of some grass. And that's when I knew it had to have been hanging out of him the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true, man. Because it it was also, the funny thing about this is, um, one, I forgot to press play on my main camera. um, But my GoPro was set up absolutely perfect. But um, two is we both forgot our headlamps. And it was like... We probably had, what, 45 minutes, I think, until it started getting a little dark on us. So it was kind of, we. he pulled out his little uh, battery pack that had a flashlight built in. I had my cell phone, and man, I don't think it could have went any more perfect than the situation, how it started out as, because thankfully we were able to find thick, thick things of blood. We weren't having to really backtrack too much. I think we backtracked three or four times. Um a few feet, really not much. And uh he happened to go right back in the thicket, I'd say about a hundred maybe a hundred yards beeline from the tree. Um and uh there he was laying. At that point it was dark and all that stuff, but man, that was a uh, it was pretty insane. But man, it's uh it's been a long time coming. I was went to Alabama two years in a row. Um those were about four, five days, five days and seven days. Then I went to Kentucky last year um, with you, and that the weather was just not cooperating. And then, uh, and then this year, man, the weather was perfect. Our, I mean, our stay, our situation with camping, everything was just. I mean, if you could think of planning a Kentucky rut hunt camping and bow hunting with a good buddy i mean our fires were starting perfect (laughs) i mean we had so many so many supplies i I just feel we probably could have been out there another week or two man and been straight i mean it was just 
I think it was the most perfect situation anybody could have been in. And I, I want to thank you a lot because this dude prepared so much. I mean, everything he had, he, he remembered things that I probably could have planned for a week and wouldn't even remembered. And he just set this up to make it, you know, as comfortable as possible. And you know what's funny is this this Joker lives 10 minutes from there. It was 27 degrees. He could have went home and slept. We could have went to his house and slept in his warm, cozy house. But we decided, he decided, to make this experience the best as it can be. And, man, it was great for sure. <laughs> Man, I mean, I had a blast. I, 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 used, I told you we used to camp up there when I was younger. I mean, we wasn't doing it uh, in twenty-seven degree weather, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it was a good experience nonetheless. I, I enjoyed it. Always enjoy your company. Uh, I don't know if we could have stayed out there maybe another week. We probably would have ran out a little Debbie's before then. Oh yeah, I know, uh, right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I had a great time. Super glad you got it here. We had a. We ran into some bad luck last year uh, over some property line issues that uh, yeah. I wasn't really comfortable crossing the property line to go look for a deer. Uh, but, you know what, man, it, it all worked out this year. Everything panned out exactly the way it was supposed to be, and yeah. you got a trophy that's going to last you a lifetime. Yeah, dude, that joker, he's actually still in. I was able to fit him in my vertical freezer. He's actually still out there. I have to go pick up my... my uh, public land book from florida last year and i'm gonna swap it out with this guy and yeah man that's uh definitely awesome um i'm super thankful though i want to give a shout out to your dad and his friend peanut super thankful man because that that deer was man that deer was probably from our truck i'd say a mile maybe uh, he, he was right close <laughs> yeah um and so his dad and and his friend were brought the four wheeler and a real big trailer and they drove out. All we had to do is drag that deer. Shoot, we drug it probably thirty five yards to the edge of the cornfield and um, I don't know if I would have been able to get that buck up that ditch. But thankfully, Kyle was able to pop him up through that ditch. But it was probably thirty five yards of corn. We sat there and just talked, took some pictures, Facetime some people and. Just uh, just fellowshipped and and you know talked about it and you know slapped hands and they pulled up and man sat on that trailer and drove out. It was a, uh, it was it was awesome. A lot of good footage. I haven't even looked at the main camera footage yet, but I know I really uh, I took a lot of B-roll on this trip. I took a lot of GoPro footage on this trip. I know I'm gonna start putting it together tonight or maybe tomorrow. Um, but I also want to give a shout out to your wife, Kyler. Um, we had her and his young son cook this awesome stuffed pork loin with cheese. And I said, hey, we have to have some vegetables because we literally ate meat and meat and bread and Debbie cakes. Little Debbie hooked us up all, all, all week, but... Um, so I'm thankful for your wife for cooking that meal, man. It was great. It it really topped off the night. I slept in a on a warm couch in a warm house after a hot shower. And I got a few hours of sleep, and it was a perfect drive home um, to come see my family. So I also want to give a shout-out to my wife. Um, our wives, I guess you can say, man. 
they allow us to do these things and allow us to uh man they man up and they take care of them kids and they uh they know how much it means to us so definitely thankful for my wife for everything that you know she allows me to get into and do and that's i'm gonna try and get her into into some opportunities coming up um let's just i'm gonna throw a plug out there real quick uh Hint, hint, maybe going to North Mississippi with Amber to hunt in January. I will give some details on that because I plan on doing a live podcast wherever I'm going with whoever I'm going to go to. I won't I won't let y'all know that. Kyler, I think, has an idea if you watched, uh, watched a live a few days ago, but um, yeah, man. So I don't want to keep you any longer. I know you're... You're super tired. You're working all day, and um, I just want to say thank you once again, dude. Um, I look forward to more and more trips. We're talking about getting the families involved next year, possibly, and uh, maybe, hopefully, uh, having a having a camp. Maybe we can like rent an RV or something or a camper. I don't know. We might be able to make something cool happen like that. But getting the families involved because we know that we're going to be uh, lifetime friends, and it's. It's such a great thing that that uh you know you've been involved with with us and through bearded outdoors and team bearded outdoors it's been it's been awesome man i truly appreciate you for sure hey, anytime and uh hopefully we can get our our wives and children involved uh we're definitely gonna have to do a camper or something because i, I don't think they're gonna like that uh cold weather camping <laughs> very much yeah no um no, I, I don't know. You never know. I mean, if we prepare enough, we might be able to get get them heaters rolling, and uh, we'll plan it out. But man, I appreciate you once again. Um, you be safe at work. Uh, come home to your family safe, man, and and drive safe. I know you're traveling a little little further away from home and and working working long days, and uh, I salute you for that. That's super awesome that you're you're uh, providing providing in those means um and until next time dude i'll be uh i'll be i'll be keeping up with you with when i start looking through this footage and putting together this episode but you guys stay tuned um it's been a long time coming but i'm gonna be putting together this kentucky uh this kentucky episode um for youtube and uh as the start of hopefully getting uh our team together a few of us guys on the team to be doing some editing as I'm hunting and doing some things um, that I haven't had as much time for, and hopefully we can start getting some videos rolling out and uh, get some more entertainment for y'all. Some good, clean, faith-driven entertainment. But All right, Kyler. I appreciate you, brother. Um, Ain't no problem, man. Take it easy. Yep. God bless, man. See ya. See ya. All right, guys. So... Super good dude. Kyler actually um, came on to Team Bearded Outdoors a few years back, and he's been a great friend. Um, we have a lot of people on our team that they're just, every year, they're just open arms to me and Amber, you know, hey, you want to come out and hunt? You can hunt on my family farm. All you need is your tag uh, and travel to get here, and just super, just super genuine, and um you know, our team's getting bigger and bigger and the opportunities are growing. So Amber and I are just here really to try and provide and and utilize our opportunities and, and get our team involved, just like 
you know, I've had these hunting opportunities and I'm wanting to involve Amber. She's my business partner and my wife to be involved in these hunting opportunities also. So I don't want her to miss out on those. And I want everybody to know and realize that, you know, she is part and the whole reason why Bearded Outdoors is an outdoor brand and a team and a family and a ministry. So um, I appreciate you guys. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you haven't heard the beginning, um, me and Kyler actually sat down by the campfire and we did a podcast sitting by the fire in the hills of Kentucky on the farm um, as a prelude to the hunt. Um, Look forward to these next episodes. I'm going to have some awesome, super stoked to have some awesome people on um, and look forward to our videos coming out. If you guys don't follow us already uh, on social, you can find us at Bearded Outdoors USA on Facebook and on Instagram. Um, You can listen to our first three episodes of our podcast is all you need to hear to find out basically how we started, how we grew up, and how our lives have changed through the Lord, through our baptism um, at the, in front of the Robertson's house by Gordon Dasher and all sorts of awesome things, our testimonies, and that's why this podcast is here. This podcast is here to talk about faith and talk about how faith has brought you to where you are now. And yeah, I look forward to the future. I appreciate you guys. Please follow, rate, share, um, do whatever you can to, who knows, someone might need to hear some of these messages, and uh, it's just clean tailgate talk, so appreciate you guys, thanks for listening to this episode, I'm out.